Hey guys, and welcome back to Demon Slayer Chronicles, our weekly Demon Slayer podcast, where each and every week we dive into every episode of the anime alongside its characters, lore, and so much more. I am Andrew Nimsgren, and I have with me today Dylan Beal and James Graham for another, hopefully, great episode. Yeah, I think I, this one, I'm going to be honest, dipped down a little bit, just maybe because it wasn't as lore-heavy, but it's it's still good. It's still good. Really? Really? <laughs> That's all you got? Really? Well, yeah, I, I will go into it, but yeah. Uh, okay, all right. Well, I hope we're getting into it because, like, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, but all right, let's. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about this episode? We don't have to talk about. I love this episode. Specific kind of, we like this episode was sick, dude. We get to see him actually have some real competition. I mean, it's not, it's different competition. It's three on one vice one on one, which is sick. So, yeah, no, I want to like this was great. I was a big fan of this episode, especially when I watched it the first time really into it the second episode because we also get to see my favorite form and i'm really happy about that so all right i guess this is going to be this is going to be interesting i think it's the first time you two are disagreeing so far so let's get through the opener so we can jump right into the recap yeah we're still a new podcast so make sure that you tell your friends about us and leave a five-star review because it's super 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 important for new podcasts so if you do that we would love it and not as important but still pretty important let us know if you have any suggestions comments questions or concerns regarding the podcast let us know over on Twitter at popped underscore off or email us at contact at popped off.com. But with that, let's jump into episode six Swordsman accompany, accompanying, oh my God, accompanying a demon. That's a much harder word than I expected to when I first looked at it. I apologize. <laughs> Oh, um, take another run at it. Take another, like, we'll no, nope, I, I would rather not. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I would rather not take another run at that. Um, with Nezuko back in the brand new box that they received from Urokodaki, the pair heads to the town where the young girls are vanishing each night. As he comes into town, Tanjiro meets Kazumi, whose fiancé had vanished the previous night. He was just kind of wandering around the city, clearly lost, no idea what to do, and pretty much just mentally defeated. With no evidence of where she went, Kazumi was blamed and beaten by the girl's parents the night before. Kazumi takes Tanjiro to where his fiance was last seen, and Tanjiro gets his nose down to the ground, uses that sniffer, and starts literally smelling the demon out all over town, not giving a shit of what people think about him, but that man is just going for it. Um, night falls as Tanjiro continues to track the demon, and, oh wait, no, I'm sorry, uh, Kazumi realizes that Tanjiro is a member of the Demon Slayer Corps based on what he's saying, doing, and wearing, um, and he starts to understand why Tanjiro is the only person to believe him when no one else will. Night falls as Tanjiro continues to distract the demon. Um, Kazumi believes that they should stop, but um, Tanjiro is confident that there'll be even more action as the night goes on. And as that is happening, a young girl is abducted from her bed by a demon who can take a liquid form to pass through floors. And Tanjiro instantly smells this and goes to the area. Tanjiro notices this and can smell the demon and the girl around him, but can't see where they are. Realizing that they're more than likely traveling underground, he stabs into the ground and wounds the demon where he expects it to be and grabs the girl out of the liquid-like pool. The demon comes about ground and he realizes that this um, one demon can actually break itself into three different beings. Fighting all three demons at once, the demons have a high regeneration rate and more or less just begin to overwhelm Tanjiro. 
The wooden demon begin to taunt Jira and Kazumi, saying that they've already devoured Sakudo, um, Kazumi's um, fiance. And right as uh, demon is about to attack Tanjiro from behind, Nezuko comes flying off the box, kicking the demon's head around three, four hundred times. It looks like we get a flashback to Urokodaki telling Tanjiro that there is only one demon alive who can turn a human back into, I mean, that can turn a human into a demon, and thus that is who he believes attacked the Kamado household. He will be the only one that knows how to turn Nezuko back into human, and that demon is known as Kibutsi Muzan. We also learned that Urokodaki used hypnotic suggestion to have Nezuko protect all humans and to never forgive any demon that hurts humans. And as the episode ends, the demons kind of sneak back under the water, I guess we can say, under the cement. Um, and the episode ends there with the fight continuing on to next episode. So, I guess, I'm just, so, what about this episode, Dylan? felt a little bit more low to you? Was it the action? Was it really just sound more low? Or, or what made this episode less fun for you? I think it was less action. Because, I mean, like... Alright, so we finally see this 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 demon E-boy. Best described him, I guess. Fair. Um, I don't know. I just... I didn't like the whole hiding aspect. I, it was boring. I, I I don't know why. I just really don't like that that uh, demon blood art that much. That, like, oh, I, I hide and stuff. Also, I'm three. But, like, there's parts about it I love. Like, I love the teeth chattering. Like, that was super cool. But, like, the I don't know. Like, it, it felt like they set up a lot of stuff, and then I just didn't like what the setup had. Can I make the assumption that you do not like the game Whack-A-Mole? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I mean? hate Whack-A-Mole. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I totally understand where your issues are. I mean, it's that straightforward. This is pretty much the half a game of Whack-A-Mole. Is how this episode started with the fight, at least. But James, so go on. Like you said, you love this episode the first time, and I want to kind of hear the counter argument of why you love this one so much. Yeah, because like this is our this is our first exposure to how a demon interacts within like the rest of society with Tanjiro having to figure out how to deal with it. Right? Of course, he decides to turn into a bloodhound and try and sniff him out. But I mean, like that's him playing to his strengths, dude. Like whatever works. Um, but yeah, like I think it was really interesting to finally add that the demons exist inside of Tanjiro's little bubble. Like, I mean, we always knew that, but this is the first time we're actually exposed to it. We get to see how other people react. Um, we get to see how, kind of how they prey on people, what their deal is, right? We don't really know for sure why this guy's the only, or this, the three, the E-boys, are going after this, these, like, specific, like, younger women. Yeah, we do. They mentioned in this episode. Well, I mean, like, like, yeah, but, like, I mean, do you think, like, every demon goes after them? No, probably not. But, so, like, I mean. Well, no, but that's, it's like. This demon's fetish, pretty much. I mean, they taste. No, it just tastes food better. Fetish. It tastes better. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't, it's, all right, stop, Andrew, please. <laughs> stop using that word. I <laughs> beg you. <laughs> but like, that's just it. Like, I mean, it's like this one little nichey thing for this one little demon, right? So, or maybe not one little demon. He's kind of big, right? He's a decent size. But not only that, too. We get to see, um, we get to see like Nezuko in action too, which is sick. I know I'm kind of like jumping around everywhere, but like, there's a lot of like cool stuff that like spices up with this episode too. We also have a demon that doesn't take. Like, he doesn't take physical form right in front of you. He's not, like, he's not fighting you head-on and stuff like that. So, he uses, it makes Tanjiro have to kind of use his brain and his nose. Um, more his nose. It seems to be bailing him out right now. But, like, I mean, he's got to figure out how to, like, you know, come over this obstacle. I know we're only, like, technically, like, halfway through the fight. So, it does end. But, there's just, uh, to me, there was a lot of aspects that make the main character think and not just be like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, run at this straight at this thing, use a, like, use a water technique, and we'll, we'll be good from there. We actually get into the addressing of like a too shallow cut, which like you know you don't really think is going to be a thing, after what we've seen when he did the the morph demon, right? 
But I think it is funny. I mean, there's a lot you guys both talked about there. But I just want to say, first off, it is funny how we talked about last episode how everything, like, oh, that whole fight was cleaned up in one episode. I guess two episodes ago now. It all cleaned up in one episode. We were very happy with that, and the whole fight was there. And now in this one, it leaves a cliffhanger off right in the middle of the fight. This is something funny to point out. But it's not like I, I'm not upset about that. It doesn't feel like they're wasting time, like I mentioned. But it is just funny that we did talk about multiple episode fights, and the very next one is one. But I guess I'm kind of somewhere in the middle between the two. I think it is not the best episode, just kind of throughout the whole season after seeing all of it. But I think it is very fun, and I and I agree with James to the point that it's cool kind of seeing how the actually impact other people now and how they kind of interact with society. And we do kind of get an idea of that this isn't just kind of a run-of-a-mill demon, that this is definitely a stronger one. We see him open up and kind of show all of the ribbons and hair um, pins that he ate. And, I mean, you got to assume there's 10, 15 there. So you kind of get the idea like, okay, this is a fairly strong one. I mean, the last one was 50, so it's not going to be as strong as that. But we can kind of see like, okay, so 15 people around that still creates a pretty powerful. Like you don't have to eat 50 people to kind of have that morph. That even at 15 people, you can start having splitting into three forms, having this really unique blood art. So I think it is kind of cool there that we're going to be seeing these weird variations of demons a lot more often and that more than likely we're going to be running into them um, more than just kind of the run-of-the-mill normal talking ones that we kind of saw outside of the big boss in the final selection the big boss <laughs> i mean i mean, what, I, mean yeah. I don't even know do we i don't even think we got his name maybe i just didn't no, pay that i don't close think we attention. actually did get a name no he's probably lost it because he's been there so goddamn long that was like his big thing true couple eras right? exactly so yeah 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 but yeah so this and again kind of going back to how demons interact with society but it also kind of comes back to how the demon slayer corpse interacts with society and that at first like this no one suspected demons before chanjiro showed up no one like oh girls are disappearing around town and it happens again and but the parents beat kazumi because he doesn't have anything and no one even thinks about demons demons and the demon hunter things are almost like fairy tales to most people and that is not a common thing so not only are these demons, that's why demon hunters have to go hunt them down specifically, but it's like, it's not, it is, people are oblivious. If you're not part of this world or been affected by it, you are totally oblivious to the fact of it. And I think that's a really reinforced piece of lore that we kind of had an idea on early in the very first episode, but it was really reinforced here that that's everywhere, even in big city. Yeah, it's just like, it's such a rare occurrence, which makes sense because like having like a whole big country and then having like only probably a handful of demons at a time like and because only one person can make them we learned that so like yes, they can't spread that, that huge. fast that is definitely a huge thing to learn and also i think takes a lot of weight off of uh like like the interactions like in a good way of like now we don't have to constantly worry like oh man is someone gonna get turned like because no, no it's that's not, that's not how it works thing. yeah yeah very true um yeah i, I think oh sorry go on no next. i was just gonna say like this is another episode too I kind of like, I mean, they talked about this when they were introducing the Demon Slayer Corps, which is they're not a government body. They're not like they do their own thing. Right. So everybody's looking at Tanjiro and yes, he's sniffing the ground and shit like that. But he's also running around with a sword and he's got a weird uniform on and he looks ridiculous. Right. So probably everybody's like, I've never seen one of these guys before, which makes you also think, too, that this demon's never encountered a Demon Slayer as well. Because if the whole town's like, what the hell's the deal here? Right. The demon's probably going to be like that, too. Yeah, no, I I think that is cool. And I think, yeah, like, there wasn't a lot of lore and there wasn't a lot of action. It was kind of right in the middle between it. But I really enjoyed the little pieces we did get 
And again, it's just kind of showing of what to expect when going on these missions. That like, yep, it's not like he's going to go and talk to the police officer and learn like, hey, what's going on here? Briefly on the situation. It's like, nope, he has to figure it out. He's almost always going to be by himself. And he has no idea what he's getting into until he stumbles right upon the demon. Like Tanjiro, yep, freaked out when he saw all three of them. Like he only smelled one of them. He only suspected one of them. And um, that the blood arts can be incredibly different too. Like it doesn't, I've made the point about you don't need to eat 50 to get one. But also the last guy could shoot his arms out and was just huge as hell. This one can split himself into three and go underwater anywhere. Like, that's just so different of Blood Arts too. that we, yeah, you really have no idea what you're getting into on every single mission, which is fun for a viewer, but also very scary for Tenjiro. <laughs> I think what's really cool about it is we talk about this a lot, um, but I'm, maybe the first time we talked about it on the show is this is, I think, a perfect uh, representation of, like, power scaling, because Tanjiro doesn't need to get stronger inherently. Like, he doesn't need to, you know, swing his sword harder to beat him. He just needs to get smarter, which is cool because you can keep introducing different blood arts and doing different things with demons to make it interesting without him, you know, swinging harder and harder. Yeah, without a training montage. Like, oh, I need to go in the woods and train for a year again to get stronger to face this one demon. Like, no, you just kind of got to be smarter. Yeah, Yeah, which I really like, and I think is a really cool direction that they're taking the show. No, I, I agree. I think that is very cool. Um, James, you mentioned it right at the top, though, that we got introduced to your favorite breathing technique. Yeah, yeah. Water wheel has to be one of my most favorite. I don't know why. It is good. It's it's like yeah, like the dude's like spinning through the air and like he's creating this massive. Like again, it like uh, we're reintroduced to the crazy art style with you know the the contrast and all that good stuff. We've kind of beat that subject to death, but like it always when you see it with a technique that you haven't seen yet and you you get to see that new interaction, it looks really sick. And I don't know, man. I don't know why Water Wheel just does it for me. But, like, it's definitely – we'll get there eventually, but this is my top three. We'll get I'll, – I'll, I'll introduce them as we go on, but this is in my top three. And I guess oh, – I just had a lot of thinking, and I totally blanked from my head. Um, but I guess – we do see, yeah, Nez go in action for the first time. Yeah, we saw her, I guess, soccer. That was my on. favorite part. The secret box thing kicks out, popped of, out. Gets, kicks straight out of the box and then comes up and just does that, like, brings her foot up and just, bam, slams it straight down. That and was that's so right cool. as how the episode ends, too, yeah. as they're coming down with, like, a flying roundhouse kick <laughs> That's or so cool. Right on top of people. And, yeah, and, again, so I think, I, I don't remember if um, Urukodaki made reference to this. But, like, even the demons are off-card. Like, a demon and a demon slayer traveling together is unheard of. It's like, what is up with these two? Like, it was already annoying enough for the one. But, like, the demon was totally caught off-guard. So, I think we made the assumption that not too many demons and demon slayers travel together. It's kind of counterintuitive. But it is just kind of reinforcing that these two are incredibly unique. And that something is different, mainly with Nezuko than uh, Tanjiro because of that uh, Nezuko can travel with him. So I think that was kind of another reinforcing lore point that like, yep, this is weird and that's definitely going to be play a huge part in the entire story. And obviously it's pretty much the main arc yeah. is getting Nezuko back, but no one's expecting that. Yeah. Plus the box. Like, I mean, it was like the other thing too, like Tanjiro's kind of always fighting with a handicap because he's got a box on his back. Now, like, I mean, Irokodaki said the thing's, like, super light and all that good stuff anyways. But, I mean, even Tiny Nezuko's got to be way something. Yeah, Tiny Nezuko definitely weighs something. Box definitely weighs something. And you get it. Like, when you're flying through the air, that's going to throw off your, like, equilibrium and all that good stuff, man. So, 
we got to add that to the power scaling a little bit. Just like add that extra little like niche that like, if she's not on his back, he's probably going to do a little little more work. On a scale to zero to Rock Lee weights, where are you putting the box on handicap? I'm definitely not putting it at Rock Lee weights. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not putting it there. Uh, I, I think it's – I'd say it's an inconvenience. I, I think it's – okay. right, but I don't think it's going to be like – like, I don't think it's going to be Rock Lee weights. <laughs> I, I think it's like wearing like a backpack with maybe like a couple books, but not any like really intimidating books in it. Yeah. Like, dude, try doing a front flip with a backpack full of uh, books. Do you think that'd be easier or harder? I think that's pretty much the great comparison. And it'd, for be, this it'd, one. Be <laughs> it'd be easier. It would be easier. Yeah, momentum, dude. It helps you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wait, would it actually be easier? No. no. God, you, no. Why, why are you guys laughing? <laughs> because you brought up, like, would it be easier or harder? And, like, it obviously it's harder. Yeah. Well, I know. It's, it's like a rhetorical question. <laughs> why well, we answered it. Well, yeah, we answered it. Why are you shocked with our answer? <sighs> oh, I'm done with you two. You two are just too much for you tonight. But kind of having Nezgo come out of the box and towards the end of the episode, he does go up and touches Kazume's face. And I don't know if we actually learned the other girl's name. Um that he's holding and kind of how he bump, she almost pets her face and we kind of see that she sees them as Tanjiro and one of the younger siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's when we're introduced to the point that she was hypnotized more or less by um, Urokodaki um, to protect all humans and pretty much kill all demons. Yeah, well, like, I mean, like, I wouldn't say hypnotized, but, like, she was, like, she was, like, taught by him, too, right? It was literally called hypnotic suggestion. Yeah. I'm I pretty was, sure that's hypnotic. That, that was a little weird, but, like, okay, let's do it. I'll, I'll run with it. Uh, like, yeah. I, I don't... I, do you not, do you not like that? Do you feel like that's almost a cop-out, or... I think, no, I don't think it's a cop-out. I think, but I think, I think the, the terms they're using to, like, like, instill the teaching, like, just sounds more malicious than I think it really is. Like I think it like I'm I'm gonna say it's a cop out. You think you saying it's a cop like, out? I I think it's fine. Like I'm fine with them just like hand waving that away of like oh here here's why she helps people like just like wave it away. But like I feel like it might have just been an oversight that they had to like close the loop on because like I don't know that's I know the show's ridiculous. I understand it's ridiculous, but that's ridiculous to use suggestion on someone who's sleeping. So you see them as family and want to protect them. She's been sleeping for a long time, dude. That's a lot of hypnosis. That's a hypnotic suggestion, you know? Like, you get a lot of time to work with that. I, yeah, no, that, I guess, I, I never thought too much about it. I'm like, okay, that's, yeah, I guess that, I'm like, right? that's a story point now. Like, yep, that is why she's going to, and we don't have to go through eight episodes of her struggling, not trying to eat everyone around her. Like, I kind of almost like that because I don't think that's super fun to see her look at every single human, have to hold back, and then kick, go back into action kind of like the first time. I'm like, okay, we got that. She clearly didn't have the intention of wanting to eat humans. She had some hesitation, but now the hesitation is gone, and now we can just jump into the actual action and moving the story forward rather than hanging on that point that we understand she's a demon, but she's a unique demon, so let's just accept that and accept that she's not going to eat humans. I, that's kind of how I took it. I'm like, okay, whatever. I I'd never had an issue with it, but I don't ever think it was the strongest reasoning why. But yeah, like I just always chopped. It. It's an anime plot point. Yeah, it, it's like one of those things. Like it's like, yeah, I I'm already on board. I don't care. Like if they wouldn't have brought it up and just like pretended like she actually really wanted to help everyone the whole time, I would have been like, yeah, I don't yeah. care, whatever. It, yeah, it's like or yeah, you could have gone with the thought of like, oh, Tanjiro's fighting them and not fighting them. So I'm going to go fight the other yeah, people. Yeah, like more something like that, right? Like, like that, like, oh, I have to protect Tanjiro at all costs. So anyone Tanjiro's fighting, I need to beat. 
Yeah. I feel like that would have had the same effect and everyone would have brushed it off either way. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much everyone did. Everyone just thought like, oh, we're just going to brush it off. Maybe in the longer run, it has some bigger implications. But right now, it's just like, oh, okay. She's not going to kill humans. <laughs> okay. That's, and that's, that's where we're at. That's where we stay. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that's the end of the world. Mm -hmm. But do we have anything else we want to dive into this episode? We got some flashbacks, a little bit of lore, in the middle of a fight. How are we feeling? Feeling good. Feeling, feeling, feeling real good. Okay. So we've kind of ignored this point. I want to have the conversation that I've honestly wondered since the very second I started watching the show. Do we think the water we see when Tanjiro does water breathing actually shows up for the demons and other people or not? I said no for this. I, I don't think it is. I think it's like a representation, like the thread on kind of like what he's thinking and kind of like the style that he's moving. I don't think it's a literal representation of what he's doing. Yeah. Okay, James. I want to. I want to get everyone's answers first. I think. I think they see that shit, dude. I think they see. I think they see all of it. It's an anime, guys. Like, come on. Like, it's it's ridiculous to think that they wouldn't see it, man. We got a guy running through the water right now. Got a guy like scurrying around in the like. So like, why? Well, no, because but demons have supernatural powers. Tanjiro doesn't have supernatural powers. The dude breathes and gets ten times stronger. That will no, but there's an explanation. Powers. There's an explanation on why. But there is an explanation on why water would suddenly appear around him. I'm I'm I am i am not questioning it. Dude, the sword is made out of like ore that hits, absorbs sunlight. Absorbs sunlight and stays in the sunlight, and that's why I can cut through a demon's neck. No, and, but but that's like kind of like you could piece that together. Where does the water come from? It comes from him, dude. From his breathing. From, from his the from moisture from... I don't know. The moisture around him. It's too much. It's too much water. So like I I agree like I think both your points make sense, and that's why, like, I'm honestly in the middle of this. Like, I don't know. Like, someone can make an argument either way, and I'd believe them. But I think in this one, actually, with Water Wheel, is where I think it's most apparent that I think the water does show up. Because the move is just him spinning in circles. So if he's just spinning in circles, how is he cutting, like, six different hands when it's just the sword's just going up and down? So how is he cutting all the hands around him? Like, there has to be no, cause, bigger, cause like, he's spinning. area... So what is he like? Is he like, well, I don't know, like a spinning ball? Is just keeping the sword sideways? Like, yes. there needs to be like a yes. more AOE effect. AOE. Like, no, no, period. that's what he's doing. He's spinning and he's like Sonic. He's like Sonic and like a ball, like spinning. <laughs> that's AOE, dude. Sonic, I, Sonic doesn't have any AOE properties. Come on, dude, don't do, don't do that. I just feel like he, I, yeah, I just, I think it does show up. I don't have proof of it. Even watching like, this whole season, I don't think I have proof of it. But I really do believe it shows up, and they never reference it. And I almost appreciate they never referencing if it actually shows up or not. And ever, I think unless maybe they do, I'm not sure. I I mean, I guess we will we will be able to confirm if they do while we're doing our our, our watch through of it. But I'm saying no. All right, and me and James are on the side of yes. Oh hell yeah, dude! Give me give me that crazy water. I just think it makes sense, and I agree. Like you said, this show's insane, Dylan. Why would the water not show? No, because they at least like explain stuff. Like they they touch upon it, but this they don't talk about it, and that's why I think it is a, just a representation. Like it's 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 not literal. Okay, but doesn't it almost like like you can't cut through a rock with a sword? Like there almost needs to be some water to cut through a rock with a sword. 
Oh, no, he also... Counter that! Well, no, because he didn't actually use the water he when use... he cut through the rock. Yeah, because he was just cut... he was cutting through Sabito's mask, and he was just trying to beat yeah. Sabito. He used he used the thread, like, idea of, the, like, the going thread, at it. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't agree, use water but, like, at all. He was using water-breathing total concentration. Yeah, yeah but he so didn't there's... use the water. Just because we don't see the water doesn't mean he didn't use the water. Oh, my God. No, 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 because if he... He, he, if he was he... hallucinating fighting ghosts. So what you would say you would say is he hallucinated fighting ghosts and then hallucinated not having his water abilities? Yes. That's ridiculous, Andrew. That is ridiculous. As ridiculous as getting beat to shit by ghosts for a year? I, 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 think, I think James and I can agree on at least your reasoning here is ridiculous. I don't like your reasoning. I really don't. You're, 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 you're making me look bad, dude. <laughs> Throw him out of the courts. <laughs> like, dude. It's like... It's... Whatever. I got my answers to the topic of the week, and now it's turning bad on me. We're ending it here and moving into a secret so I can stop being berated with insults. All right. Here's the Taisho secret. Kamado... Which is their last name actually uh, roughly translates to um, charcoal furnace. That's so. It's so. It's such a, like a. Oh my god, dude. That's like literally. It's kind it, of anticlimactic. I was waiting for it to be like a Darth Vader moment, which I know is fake. But like you guys ever heard the story of like Darth Vader actually means like Dark Father in German or whatever. I know that's fake, but I was kind of hoping for like a translation like that. No. No, it's just it's straightforward. It's it's Charcoal like if, if it's like if they were blacksmiths and their name was Smith. That's what it's like. Yeah, I mean that it makes sense why that's their last name because they make charcoal. True. Yeah. But a little a little a little fun fact for you guys. There we go, dude. That's a random fact. I do appreciate it though. Thank you very much, Dylan. But I think we're good on this episode. We that was a fun conversation. We might have to revisit the water. Or oh. elements showing up conversation. The people will be on my side. I. Oh no, dude. We'll see. We're coming back to this. Don't you worry. We'll cut. We'll see. We're coming back to this. Yeah. But with that, I think we're gonna wrap up this week's episode. I think we are too. I think I think we need to. So let you let your friends know about the uh, Demon Slayer Chronicles podcast and hit us with that five star review on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on. And make sure you check out poppedoff.com and twittercom off for updates on this podcast and all the other stuff that we do. But with that, that'll be it for this week's episode of Demon Slayer Chronicles. We hope to see you guys back here next Wednesday.